I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time of Spirituality. Yeah, this one is a bit of a... That's me stalling. Making those own noises, I wonder if you guys can hear it. This was an eye-opener episode for me. I think the true eye-opening came while I was editing it because I was listening to myself talk and I was just face palming, just like Jesus D. Jeez, jeez, jeez. I think what it really comes down to is I think I'm understanding just how I've been fooling myself in certain respects in terms of I would say the presentation of, I don't know if ego is the right word, but confidence. I have tremendous confidence in myself, but there are some areas where I think I I fooled myself with my confidence. And one of them being, I brought up this expression that I have called a practice modesty that was brought up in the episode. And I think it's what I was always telling myself is that I had to practice modesty, especially when it came to people giving me compliments after doing a session with me or, you know, anything along those lines. Any time someone said that I helped them in any way, shape or form. What I realized is there's something that made me very uncomfortable about receiving those compliments even though I think I crave them on a certain level and that it is a validation that I'm helping, there's something that, that just felt weird to me about receiving those compliments, almost as if I didn't feel worthy of them. So with the practice modesty component, that's where I, I understood that I was fooling myself. That's just what I told myself, that it was a practice modesty when I'd be like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. It's... You'll, you guys will get more of it in the episode, but I think really what it comes down to is it was me retreating a little bit and not fully seeing my worth. And I, I'm seeing that more and more every day now. And yeah, this, this was a, this is probably one of the most difficult episodes for me to listen back to, although there's a lot of good stuff in here, so... I thank you guys for being on this journey with me. And with that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or on my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Oh, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? 
I'm good. How are you? Was that an Australian accent bit that I had there? Was that more of British? <laughs> it was a little, yeah, a little, little British, little, little Australian, little British, bit of a mix. <laughs> Crikey. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I got hung up on that for a second, but we're good. All right. <laughs> you ready to dive into the first question? Yes. Let's go. Okay. So I guess my question for you is, has your favorite song about time changed since the last time I had you on? Oh, you know what? It hasn't. But just as you said that, a different song popped into my head. <laughs> All right, Elle. What's your second favorite time or song about time and why? Yeah, let's give it some variety. Seasons in the Sun just came up for me then. I know it's technically a song about death, but it really has a nostalgic vibe for me. It was a song that was really kind of around a lot in my childhood. And it does remind me of, of enjoying my life and my friends and my family and taking, taking the moment. Who's that by? Oh, Jack, Jack, someone, <laughs> I don't remember. I'll look it up. Yeah, I have no idea. So I'm not going to guess the year on that one. Oh, Terry Jacks. There you go. Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty old song, I think. Crikey. All right. <laughs> so you want to remind everyone who, okay, I'm going to stop with the Australian accent. Yeah, so who... please do. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you froze. No, we didn't freeze. I just wanted to make you feel uncomfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> Love it. That was good, though. My face was pretty present Hammer. still. It was, right? I was, was like, oh, shit. Is my internet playing up? Because <laughs> I did. I was smiling, too, when I did it. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so you want to just remind everyone who is Elle? I mean, Elle has changed since the last time I was here. And I think she's constantly changing and evolving and growing. But Elle today is a past life regressionist. She is a cosmic channel. She is an energetic coach. And of course, I'm still a wife and a mother and a friend and all the important things. Cool. One, just remind everyone <laughs> what your podcast is. It is Cosmic Curiosities. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm a podcast host. I forgot that one. <laughs> There's too many to name now. Okay. Yeah. A little lethargic now because Elle and I have been talking for over an hour. Not that that makes me lethargic, but but it's like we're restarting the conversation. It's like, I got to come with... Yeah. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to up the ante now, rev it up. So I'm going to show up, up now like vibe. this. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so today we're here to talk about what? what's the, the thing you called again that you do? The other thing? Soul, soul maps. Soul maps. We're here to talk about soul yeah. maps. So, L, what are soul maps? Well, I guess before explaining what a soul map is, I kind of need to give you a bit of an understanding about what something a soul contract is, which is a... Process developed by a man named Nicholas David Nahn, 
And he describes it as a spiritual map of your life using numerology. And he kind of, he wrote a book and it teaches you to correlate the sounds in your birth name using ancient Hebrew. And each Hebrew glyph has a a number inherent with it. And each number holds a specific meaning. So these numbers are then sort of analyzed using a star of David chart. And this will reveal your soul contract. So your soul contract, it's based on this universal principle that sound is creative. And through the movement of sound and frequency and the study of geometry, they found that the sounds and the movement in these frequencies kind of represented ancient languages. Languages like like Hebrew and Tibetan, Sanskrit, those sort of things. So that was sort of how this came about. And with this concept that they put into practice, which you will love, D, because it's all about reincarnation, they kind of believe that before we reincarnate, we look back at our previous lifetimes and we see the lessons that we have learnt along the way and the lessons that we're still needing to learn. And based on this, it's a common belief that they look at the themes and design our next life accordingly to what we still need to learn and what we need to achieve. They then believe that this kind of incorporates into how we choose our name because we're choosing our environment, our relationships, all aspects of our life that we want to have to achieve our lessons and desires in the next life. So we pick a name that has a certain vibration and that vibration is then intertwined with our DNA and our energy field. So the sound of our name and the vibration of our name in turn, they believe creates aspects of our reality. So in this process, you convert your birth name into Hebrew, match the numbers, you get seven aspects of your life. And the Star of David chart, if you don't know what that is, it's basically two triangles. So one is the right side up, one is upside down. And you have three categories for each triangle. And one is your challenges, your talents, and your goals, basically, in life. And they all meet in the middle to be your purpose or or destiny. So one triangle represents your physical and one triangle represents your spiritual. And when I came across this process, I really liked it because it was able to explain things in a way that my, my logical human 3D mind could accept. I was like, great. Okay. Sound frequencies make pictures, lines, <laughs> incorporate ancient languages, numbers will have meanings. It'll nice and tidy for me but I also felt like there were a lot of elements that were missing so I decided to take this concept study this concept but I also decided to add astrology into the process because I'd had so many astrology readings myself that correlated to what was happening in my life at that time and I thought that would add some extra insight so I added that into the process and to be honest (laughs) (laughs) I also include a lot of channeling, which is something that I've only recently become open about, but 
this was a way to incorporate channeling into my practice previously, kind of without needing to admit that's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's soul maps. So I put all those things together and and that's what I call a soul map. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of information there. I'm sorry. I was kind of like, oh, no, that, that I kind of need you to understand this part first. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you you gave the background there because, yeah, it's important to have a good basis for what it is because I think that's what we're going to head into now where we're going to mm -hmm. learn about Daniel a little bit. Yes. So, so go I'm for it, Al. excited to share because... Me too. You are... <laughs> You're a very private person, I think, to a lot of people. And I think this might give a people lot of People know that insight. I like goldfish and that I like pizza really? and Yeah, that's yogurt. true. I'm not private pizza about that. Pizza for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like every time I listen to episodes now, I just, I have, when you, every time you say thank you for sharing, I'm like, I think of Erin and I'm like, pizza for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> She's talking about the episode, <laughs> uh, Matters of the Throat. She was a brilliant title I had for that one. What was it? It was a two-part episode. It was, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I think episodes 51 and 52, I think it may have been. Yeah, I think that's what it was. 51 and 52. <laughs> Let's hope. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Okay, cool. I, I'm I'm getting peppy now because I'm, I'm noticing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I, it's time to me to be... I'm I'm a little nervous for this, honestly, but it's okay. Really? Yeah, because just oh, like you said, I, I am. You, We're good. I'm a very private person, but I'm working on still becoming more vulnerable and open. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, look, there's nothing in there that's that's jaw dropping or whatever, but it's still like, oh wow, people are gonna know that I'm sensitive. Oh. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Sir. I will give you a little rundown about how to read your your soul map when you get it. So this comes in a PDF document with a little interpretation guide. Tells you about the different categories. So when you look at your physical karma and your physical challenges, this category represents your your soul has chosen what your soul has chosen to learn from in this life. And these appear throughout your lifetime and decrease in intensity as you grow with each triumph. Same with your spiritual challenges and spiritual karma. Same thing. When you look at your talents or your qualities as a category, these are the energies of the numbers that are primarily positive and they represent skills, gifts, and qualities that you possess. And these talents are the key to working through your challenges and through your karmic aspects to achieving your goal. When you look at your goals or your drive, as this category, the energy presents as your potential. So these are the incentives that drive you. It's the dream you're striving for, what you hold dearest, and really what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning. Pizza. When you put this all together and the triangles meet in the middle, you're looking at this is everything that kind of ties in together and points towards your, your purpose in life, what your mission may be, and yeah, what you can achieve putting everything together. You gonna say something? Cool. <laughs> so the physical obviously represents your life and body on earth and the spiritual represents your eternal being and soul. And I just wanna like 
add a little reminder here that even if you have a soul map reading and some of it relates and some of it doesn't relate or some of it, I, I would never want anyone to look at this practice and be like, this is a limitation for me. So no matter what the reading is, we always have fill, right? So once you're given this information, you can kind of decide if and how you want to use it. I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, it's a map. You can always take yeah. an alternate route on a map. Exactly. So I guess if you're ready, D, we'll get into what your physical karma is. Okay. <laughs> deep breaths, babe, deep breath. <laughs> okay. So with your physical karma, you got an 8-8. Eight, eight. And what came up for your map in this aspect said that in this life, you may be someone who is self-sacrificing and over-involved in the problems of others. You'll need to learn to practice patience with them, allowing others to learn their lessons at their own pace rather than trying to fix them or the situation. You may have had difficulties committing to life and a reluctance to relate to society, therefore avoiding the normal trappings of a modern life, such as a stable job, relationship, or address. You may find society draining and lack the energy to properly administer self-care. You may be an excellent actor and avoid showing others who you truly are, but need to learn to communicate how you think and feel by allowing yourself to be vulnerable and not hiding your emotions. <laughs> you may find it difficult to reach out to others for help. This may manifest by keeping your hands close to you or in your pockets. And you may be overly critical and insecure at times. You're a high achiever and must learn that you are worthy of your achievements. You may struggle with self-expression due to fear of unworthiness. And you may underestimate your own abilities, especially the ability to teach, and may be failure-orientated with a possible martyr syndrome. You may question your nature and carry guilt from past experiences or lives. This can also create a mistrust in yourself, leading to indecision and the desire to control others as a form of protection. Not to, to not alert others to the possible ideal of being perceived as a bad person. You may experience unrequited love, whether you have unreturned feelings or feel for those who are unavailable. You must still learn to express these feelings as you may carry ideal projections about the relationship and must learn to follow and, sorry, to flow and change with the true nature and evolution of the relationship. What are your thoughts on this? First thing is how different this would have been had you read it to me 10 years ago. And when I say how different it would be, I mean, I think a lot more of that would have been accurate. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it's not accurate, but I think it's it's something that I've not not all of it, of course, but those are things that I've moved past. Yeah. So not not everything, but a lot of it. Some, of course, I still struggle with. The one that came up for me was, you know, thinking about fixing other people. It's just like, look, <laughs> I don't have all the answers. I'm not the best at taking care of myself, but I'm usually right when it comes to other people. Like the thing I hear very, very frequently from other people is, man, you called it. You called it. If I just would have listened to you, you called it. 
well, you know, yeah. when it happens for the 50th time, maybe you'll, uh, you'll take my <laughs> advice into consideration. So that's something that still at the age of 36, I'm trying to become more and more comfortable with is that people need to stick their hand in the fire and burn themselves as many times as they need to. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. There was a lot in there. Another thing that made me kind of cringe a bit because I think of the way it could be perceived as the acting component. So mm. when it comes to, so I, I don't think this is me as much anymore because I'm pretty open now. I mean, there are things that, yeah. like as I was talking about with Elle before the show, we, we were talking about Instagram and what people put out there. And there are things that I just find so unnecessary that are shared with the world, you know, that others share with the world. And I'm like, it's just not necessary to do something like that. So I look at moments like that of something like it, I don't need to share with the world everything. There are things that it's okay just to to keep for myself because why do I need to share it with the world? But I also think of the acting component when I was, say, in my 20s. It wasn't a matter of acting as a different character or pretending to be someone else. It was more a matter of stoicism of acting mm. like the stoic version of me, that I'm impenetrable, nothing can harm me, I've got this. And that's where the acting came into play. It was that fear of being seen as, as vulnerable. Because as I've talked about on the show, I've had some health issues over the last 15 years. And that wasn't something I talked about with people. I was terrified to be seen as someone who had health issues, so it was, Still acting the part of, oh, I'm good. I'm good. But not in, in that way of looking at the brighter side of things, of a positive mm -hmm. mindset of, oh, no, this isn't going to get me down. It's just, no, I'm not going to acknowledge this. I'm good. I'm good. That's how I would chalk up acting with regards yeah. to, yeah, showing vulnerability. Yeah. I mean, any other questions with what you brought up? I can't, I mean, there was a lot you threw at me there, so I'm trying to there is what you got i feel as though a lot of this is past tense so a lot of it is things you have already overcome and i don't think this is the person that you currently are sure you're still moving through being able to communicate your feelings fully to allow yourself to be vulnerable but other than that, well, I mean, you know what? You do have a reluctance to relate to society. Let's be real. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I do. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tricky one because mm -hmm. I think this is still where astrology factors in. As I've mentioned, I'm very proud of. I'm an Aquarius rising. Something we pride ourselves yes. on. <laughs> but I also do have <laughs> heavy Taurus placements in my chart. So while I don't want to relate to society where there's that desire to to you know, be that rebel there's also that part mm. of me that understands that i need to relate to society that i don't need to go out there wearing two different colors of socks like even i know that's yeah. a weird example but when you see me out on the street i'm not someone who stands out i mean yeah maybe if i've got my hair gelled up that day because it'll the front of it will be 
three inches high or four inches, six, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know. I've never measured, you know, my faux hawk. Not, well, it's not a faux hawk anymore. It's more of a pompadour sort of. Okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> a full pomp. But, okay, I digress. I don't rebel in that way. It's more the way of, it's not rebel. It's like fit into society, right? Is that what you said? Or I, I Yeah, it's, it's a, I guess, a reluctance to kind of fit into society, do the normal trappings of modern life, you know. Your job is definitely one that's not a common one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can think of another one. This would piss some people off who know me. Mm. I used to try very hard to, I have to just think of how to phrase this correctly, because if I phrase it incorrectly, it could come off as a superiority complex, and I don't want it to come off that way. Mm-hmm. I used to suck it up a lot more. I'll put it that way and engage in things yeah. that didn't interest me. And when I say things, I don't mean activities necessarily, but conversations. I can't stand small talk as a lot of people mm. can. And yeah. I've just really hit this place where if I don't have anything unique to contribute to a conversation, whether that be just with one person, two people, or a table of 10 people then I'm going to keep my mouth shut because someone else can say whatever it is. Because what's the point of saying something if it's not unique and if it's not contributing anything? And if I'm not interested in yeah. the conversation, I'm, I'll sit there with my mouth shut. So I think that's where other people may feel that pressure to engage in order to fit in. Mm. But I'm sitting there saying, it ain't worth the energy. It just, it isn't. Would it be more comfortable? Probably in some sense. Or less comfortable? Yeah, probably. I know that's paradoxical. But I think, yeah, that's where where I see that playing out is, you know, but also not to the extreme of the people who want to live off the grid or the people who, mm-hmm. I think this is where the tourist comes into play a lot more. There are people who are very angry about bottled water. Do I think that it's okay for corporations to take from a water supply? And then sell that water? Not necessarily. But I also don't think bottled water should be free. I understand that there are costs that go into bottling that water and then transporting that water. And I refer to myself as a pragmatic idealist. Meaning Mm -hmm. that in the ideal world, none of this would be an issue. But we don't live in that ideal world right now. So that pragmatic side of me kicks in and understands that that's just the way of the world right now. And it's not worth it for me to get angry about something like that. Hmm. Did that make sense with the water? Yeah. That just, it's fit, or I, I fit in on that level. I'm like, I get it. I get it. And it's it's not right, but it's okay. Yeah. Pick your battles sort of thing. Yeah. So what else didn't I touch on from what you said? There's more in there, I think. I mean, I would say even from me knowing you, you've grown through this. But asking for help, reaching out out to others, I would say that you've grown in that respect. What are your thoughts? (laughs) That's news to me. I mean, progress is progress, even small steps, but. I think the story of the boy who cried wolf 
was nailed into me a little too much as a child. Mm. And even with my therapist, she will say to me, you know, if you have a problem, you can call me during the week mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And, and it's like I said to her every time, no, I'm, I'm okay. I appreciate that. I can wait till our scheduled time because my mentality there is I'm thinking about her other patients who abuse that, the ones who will call multiple times for whatever I look, you know, you pick the reason. But if I would call, then she would know something's up because it's mm. it's that mentality of Daniel never calls me. So I think that also has to do with my outlook on, on even speaking in that whole not saying something just for the sake of saying it because the way I see it is if I'm not just sitting there running my mouth, then when I say something, people will listen because I... Yeah. I'm not talking that much. So that's kind of how it is for me in asking help where I feel that only if it's absolutely necessary and I really need it because if I do ask for help, then it's like, oh, he doesn't really ask for help. So, and I I think that ties into Boy Who Cried Wolf. I think even with this aspect, looking at it as something as small as I'd like your opinion on something. Or I'd like your help with this because I would like more than, you know, my own opinion. I think that's still reaching out and still asking for help. Maybe not Mm. in such a literal sense. I never thought of it that way. But I find that you have grown in that aspect. Would you agree? Well, they... mm, I mean, while I I appreciate that, I, I would disagree with that. Asking for help in that respect has never been an issue for me because it's, I think, help more in the physical sense, I guess you could say, even though the whole the therapy okay. thing doesn't quite match up with that. Well, it and, does. Well, but, like, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound very conceited right now when it comes to creative endeavors, because I think that's some of the stuff you're referring to also, because, yeah, mm-hmm. Elle has become one of my confidants with the podcast. I know she'll be straight with me if I send her something. And I think still this will factor in later. I'm creative and I know it. I'm good at what Mm. I do and I know it. I create interesting things and I know it. Here I'm going against the grain of saying know it and believe it. This is Okay, I believe that I'm good. Shame on you, D. Shame on you. (laughs) So, for example, I'll send Elle an episode of the podcast ahead of time. Say, hey, what are your thoughts here? Because I think that this may be pushing the boundaries too much or whatnot. Part of me knows that Elle listens to the podcast anyway. So it's it's that mentality of, oh, well, I'm just sending it to her ahead of time. It's just kind of moving it up a little bit if she would have been listening to it later on. So hence, I'm pretty sure she'll enjoy it. So it's not a big ask, but it's also, I think this is where reciprocity comes into the fold too. Where if she mm-hmm. were to ask me for help in that respect, I'd be there for her. So, sorry for talking about you like you're not here. And I could tell you have something <laughs> you want to say. I was just going to say, if we're looking at podcast things as like, okay, yes, I will hear that eventually ahead of time. What about scripts and writing and things that you've sent me? 
that you know that I may or may not ever read or see or hear or watch, but you've still asked for my opinion or help or thoughts. I'm calling you out. <laughs> well, see, this is the part of me that remembers things a little differently. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember, yeah, showing you my script. Mm-hmm. But I remember you, you bringing it up because we were on a, I think it was after the recording or one of our recordings. Because one of the recordings we did for the podcast, there ended up being some audio issues, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't have I said anything separately other than that script wise. Yep. Well, what did I send separately, other than the first episode? The final episode. What happened in the final episode? The auditorium. Oh shit! I did send it to her. <laughs> Yeah. I stand corrected. Huh. Hmm. Well, I, I have I have no logical explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Other than probably seeking validation. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Because there was a time there where, sure. Oh, yeah. I would... Sorry, can I say something really quick? Yeah. I was wrong there. L was right. <laughs> I would say there was a point in time, like, yes, I, I was very supportive, but then there were times where also I'm like, I don't like that idea. <laughs> I'm like, I think you should change that. And you're like, no, 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 no. Hear me out. There's reason behind it. And then I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. What's your point? <laughs> I think it's more than just validation. I think you, you do seek to improve on it. If Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are yeah. other opinions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely send myself out to people for them to be honest with me, too. Like, that's, mm. yeah. Well, I think this way, is kind that's of asking for help, though. Right? Yeah, well, I think that? that's, <laughs> but what's coming up for me right now is that I'm in this mindset of curbing seeking validation. That's something I'm actively mm. working on right now. So I think I'm just in that mindset of spotting those situations and then maybe being a little too quick to jump on saying, oh, I was just seeking validation. But yeah, right. no, I, yeah, you're right. It's, I do ask for help in that respect. But mm-hmm. still, I think this is where the conceited part of me comes in, where I'm like, it's, it's good. It's good what I've written. It's enjoyable. So it's not a big, big ask. Even though I know Elle has three kids and she has other shit going on, it's not a huge ask. And maybe that's something that I need to even look at is do I put ego into the equation too often in that respect? Oh, totally. <laughs> to be fair, I I often think that you are too modest in the fear of being egotistical. Yes. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, sometimes you just, you just own it. Yeah. Because it's not helping anything by being like oh you know oh oh shit sorry i I know you're about to say something i just got to jump in really quick yeah i I just realized where some acting is still taking place for me now wow huh oh i'm good i'm a good (laughs) (laughs) actor There's there's this expression that I have. I don't think I've brought it up on the podcast yet. I've, I've told Elle about it. 
it's called a practice modesty. That's something I've perfected. Is a, is a practice mm-hmm. modesty. So damn, you're right. Wow, that's how I'm still acting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Well, hmm. Sorry for jumping in there. I, I just thought that that'd be super validating for you as well. No, that's okay. Cause I don't even need to say what I was going to say now because you came to it on your own. <laughs> so we're good. Oh no, you were about to say nice things about me. So you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, you, for example, on the podcast, right? You're like, no, 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 no. I didn't do anything. I'm just the guy that asks questions. Right. But you're waiting for your guests then to be like, but no, 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 you really helped me. And it's like, that's another form of seeking validation because you're not being open and honest about, you know what? Yeah. Like I held the space. I held it well. I'm good at what I do. And yeah, I ask questions, but damn, I'm good at asking questions. And this helps you get to where you need to go. So if you just own up to it and you're like, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. It comes across a lot more, I don't know, genuine than you acting that you think you're modest (laughs) and you're like, no, 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 I didn't do anything extra. I agree to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is genuinely not wanting to take away from the other person's sheer willpower to do that for themselves because that is really important. It is a pet peeve of mine when I see people in this space saying, I healed so-and-so. I healed them. I did this. It's like, mm, I mean, maybe, but it takes two to tango because you can't do anything unless the other person is on board as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to take that out of the equation. And it's also me not wanting to place it. And this is where I think it's a little selfish of me of me not wanting there to be an expectation that I'm a miracle worker. I don't want anyone to come to me thinking that I'm going to heal them because mm. same thing. I, I can't do that. Um, I don't heal. I hold no. the space and facilitate an experience where that can happen. I, yeah, you're right. I am damn good at what I do, but it only goes as far as the other person. And of course, I have off days as a practitioner. I can't remember if this was on your podcast. It may have been the second episode that we did or the first episode for mine that we did where I took a lot of stuff out because <laughs> I conceded <laughs> things in there. And like we just we get a little too chummy with each other. Yeah. I heard something through one of the certification programs that I went through, which I strongly disagree with. What was said is if your client doesn't have a successful experience, It's your fault. It's on you. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree with that statement. Same. Aside from, yes, I will have off days and that is on me, but I show up pretty much the same way every time. I do the same process. Yeah, I improvise, but it's not on me. If I'm sitting down with someone and I feel like I have an iron grip around my throat, I'm picking up something energetically from them. And that is hard. It's hard to deal with. So yeah, a lot of it is is that as well. I mean, is it me seeking validation? Maybe. Maybe I, I maybe. Maybe that's something I need to look at. But the conversation going on in my head is much different. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. The conversation going on in my head is 
it's just someone who's just like, yeah, what's your point? <laughs> okay. It's, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's, yeah, I'm good. Well, I just look at it from, from someone in my perspective that had a session with you, right? What, nearly a, a year ago for the first time and how much my life has changed in that time and how much I got out of that session. Of course, a lot of that comes down to doing the work myself. Mm -hmm. But when I think about that first session, I know that there are parts in that session that I would not have been able to get to, that I would not have achieved without you. Without giving too much detail, I hope you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I facilitated the space in a very good way. Yes. I'm very yes, good at asking the right question. <laughs> I'm trying to kick the practice modesty to the side right now. I mean, first of all, thank you. <laughs> I'm very good at what I do. I'm very unique in what I do. Yes. There are past life Thank regressionists you. who are better than I am. There are past life regressionists who aren't as good as I am. Mm -hmm. But you bet your ass there's no one like me. Exactly. How was that? Thank you. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that felt weird. That's weird. Like it, Really? Yeah. It, it, it felt weird to do that without without laying the groundwork first if oh wait wait no like you know like how just my how i usually do it of oh so, yes i asked the right questions but it was all you it's all you like that was weird to, to do it without that first it felt it, uncomfortable i didn't need that but i i didn't need that that foreground you know it's like i know i've done the work i know that it's been oh that's what i forgot to hard say. and i know that it's it's been a lot but again I couldn't have even started to do a lot of that work without you facilitating that space first. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. Thank, thank you. I still, I think this is where the mirror is coming out. And I'm having to ask myself where the discomfort is coming up because there's this part of me, like I'm resisting the urge to say, right, like to make a joke right now and say, I know, well, I can this see is it what I face. get for <laughs> It's what I get for suggesting that Elf starts a podcast and, and becomes a past life regressionist. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like what I'm also struggling with while here's what was coming up for me while I was listening to you talk about soul maps at the beginning and give your explanation. Mm -hmm. I thought back to our first recording, the one where we had the audio issues. And yeah. so which is the one that no one will ever hear. It was, it was good. But someone had audio issues that wasn't me. But they've corrected them <laughs> since then, so it's okay. But I got to talk to my friend Al, so it was all good. But I just thought of how you weren't closed off, but you were much more reserved. And it mm -hmm. took a while for you to even come out of your shell in that recording. And the thing I was struggling with internally while listening to you talk about the soul maps at the beginning is, well, one, I'm like, damn, this is not the L that was there with me. I think we recorded that maybe in June of 2022, which I believe your session was in April. Yeah, yeah. And as we're recording this in January of 2023, I'm like, damn, this is not the same person who was at that recording. 
this isn't even the same person that was at the recording that we did in late August. I'm like, damn. Like, holy shit. Then there's that part of me that comes in of this is you and the strides that you've taken and the growth you've taken are taken because even when you told me you were launching your podcast, I'm like, holy shit, that was quick. I thought it would take you a while to even work yourself up to that. But you're sending me logo designs and, and podcast artwork. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, wow, go L. And there's like the part that I really struggle with is sitting here and in pushing the practice modesty aside. And even in my mind, of would I be here without our sessions and without me? I would say even the encouragement was more of a gentle nudge. You know, say, I think you should do this. I think you should become a past life regression. I think you should start a podcast. And, you know, it's like maybe you would find your way here to this place. But if I'm being honest, I don't think you would have been here right now. Something would have come along the way. But yeah, but that, that's weird to me. It's like, I need to accept. It's not a bad thing to accept. But I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't think you would be where you are today. I need to make that clear to everyone. Because that's not to say that she wouldn't have met someone else a day or two later. And that she'd only be a day or two behind from where she is today. But no, <laughs> today, as we're recording this January 19th, 2023, I can say with confidence, the elf who's sitting in front of me today, I know I'm sound like a broken record there, would not be here with me today or be where you are and, and just, may I add, kicking complete ass right now. Just like, <laughs> holy shit, like you're kicking ass. So yeah, but that that's... That's weird for me to to say that without a thorough explanation because it feels you know what I mean? I understand, but I just I just want to like take a minute <laughs> to clap louder. Yeah. Sorry. One hundred percent. And I don't think I would be anywhere close to who I am today or where I am today without that first session. Mm. I really don't think you ever understood the volume of effect that that had. I am a regressionist now. I know what it's like to have a regression and see some changes in people and go, wow, yeah, great. Like they've done an amazing job and they've done the work. But I don't think I could ever do that for someone, what you did for me. On that level, that's that's Daniel only. <laughs> that's that's purely just you. And I know that that's not because of your experience as a regressionist. I know that's not because of how long you've been doing it. I know that that's not because of any of those elements. It's literally because of who you are, because you are unique. You are different. Yeah. 
well, you not doing for me what I did for you, that's a conversation for a different day because that would be me deflecting right now. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Don't think you have that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, thank, thank you for all that. So like, this is, this is one, I wasn't expecting this today. <laughs> me either. But, uh, but it, it's okay. Like I'm going to roll with it because... It's like I want to have an emotional reaction to what you're saying. I, like I'm not a hollow shell, mm. but I'm like, why is this not striking the corn right now for me? Yeah, like that that I can bothers see, me right now. I can see you sit there and like as I explain it, you're just like, I didn't do anything though. Like uh, it was like any other session. It was you know the same thing that I'm showing up every time and doing, and. I can see that I can see that going through your head. I had an epiphany a while ago. I thought about how much I struggled in school and how I feel like we're conditioned in our society that success only comes through pain or through great struggle. And I I barely graduated high school. I mean, until I got into college initially, but and I was placed on academic probation two sem- well after the first semester then I didn't get off of it the second one but I always knew I was unique when I was growing up and I always I'm going to say it I was the smartest person in the room maybe not book smart but I saw the world differently and I had mm. I had the world telling me that that wasn't valuable because, you know, only book smarts valuable. Only if you can, you show your worth through grades, that's valuable. Yeah. Only if you get a college degree, that's valuable. So I think somewhere it was, it was just drilled in. And I don't think this was by my parents. I remember my mom used to say to me, even like if there was a test I was studying for, like really working my ass off for it, even if I got a C plus, she wouldn't say to me, well, next time you'll get a B minus. Or you should get a B minus mm. next time. She would say, good job. I know you worked really hard for that C plus. And that was great. Like, I, I'm forever grateful for that. And same thing with my dad. He would, yeah, he would not, he wasn't the one to say same thing, you know. Well, next yeah. time you get a B minus. Good job, D. You did well. So, which also with my parents what was kind of cool. My dad, I mean, he's. He's even more practical than I am. <laughs> also, he's Taurus. And my mom always encouraged me to be my own person. She's always said, be a leader, not a follower. Now I'm going mm-hmm. somewhere with all this. <laughs> and that that was invaluable because I didn't have I didn't have two parents who were telling me you need to fit in with the world. But I think it was yeah. the perfect balance of Having one per, you know, one of my parents. And by the way, my dad is very supportive of what I do now, so it's not like, but he he was the much more grounded, practical or one with the practical approach, where, like, D, you need to be in in school so you can get health insurance. <laughs> so, yeah, so I didn't graduate conventional college, but I did get a a certification from UCLA Extension in television writing. And I graduated with honors. 
Now, I graduated in 2020. I deferred my graduation was in in June of 2020, and I was 34 at the time. You know, with COVID, or yeah, or with the pandemic, because I don't know if I could say COVID, so I'll bleep that out or something. Uh, <laughs> with the pandemic, with with the pandemic, it was virtual graduations. I said to myself, like hell, I'm graduating virtually. I've been waiting 16 years to walk in a college graduation ceremony because for the program I was in, I got to go through a UCLA graduation ceremony, which is great. I got to, you know, wear everything, got the sash, parents on the football field. We were in the tennis stadium because it had to be separate at the time because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I deferred my graduation for another year because I wanted to walk. Mm-hmm. And when graduation was over and driving with my parents, I mentioned to them casually that I graduated with honors. And they were a little upset that I didn't tell them about it before. I mean, I got my diploma a year before because I just waited until July of 2020 to submit for graduation. Mm-hmm. They were a little upset that I didn't tell them before, but it didn't really mean anything to me because, and this was something, yeah, I looked back on and finally figured it out probably about a month or two ago. I I enjoyed my program. It wasn't hard work for me. It wasn't grueling. And did I have to put a lot of hours in? Yeah, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Sure, there were classes I liked better than others, but even the ones that I didn't want to take, I still enjoyed. So it just didn't feel like work for me. So that was my long-winded way of saying, what I do comes very naturally to me. It's Mm -hmm. very perplexing to me when I talk to other practitioners who get very worried about the process or who doubt their ability to conduct a session or, you know, they freak out when something comes up in a session and it's, it's like, okay, well, oh no, flipping through the manual. This isn't in here. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't have that problem. I mean, sure. I get Mm -hmm. better and better with every session, but I feel that I just have this natural ability to step into the situation and, and command the situation and, and have the confidence to know that, yeah, I'm going to pull this off. I may be figuring it out on the fly, but I got this. So yeah. it's not something that I had to work towards. I mean, still, I I continue to learn more and more. But this wasn't like not really reading well or not having reading comprehension until I was in high school. Mm. I mean, I struggled with that for years. So that's why when I finish a book now, well, I mean, I love reading now. And by the end of high school, I was testing. You know, my my reading comprehension was off the charts by the end. But it's an accomplishment to me now when I read, when I read a book because of all the struggle I had to go through. So I think that's where the disconnect happens for me when I hear you bring those things up because I'm like, I... I put a pair of pants on that day. I put a <laughs> I put a collared shirt on and I showed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I'm I showed up the way that I show up in a very unique way and good way. But I just showed up. That I mean that, that sounds very that sounds wrong. Like I want to make sure you know what I mean by that, right? It's I I know exactly what you mean. So that's yeah. where the disconnect it doesn't sound wrong. Yeah. yeah, where it 
I don't equate that with, it's not a struggle. So I, I don't view it as this overcoming adversity. Mm-hmm. Period. I think as a society, we look at growth and success again. Yeah. Being painful, being something traumatic. And I think the biggest lesson I've, I've had to learn is that it isn't always like you can have something amazing happen and it be a really great, fun, happy experience and still grow from it, still change from it, still become successful from it. We, we have to tick off a box. Hmm. Like we have to have A, B, C, and D to achieve E. And it's, it's not always the case. I think it's so much more than that. Yeah. I mean, like, even what's coming to mind for me now, like, you, you got me thinking all the things. That was me replacing the feels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to understand right now why I'm not more personally moved by your success. Because it's, I think, looking at, at everything you've accomplished, it's, I'm very proud of you. But where mm. still where that disconnect of my role in it is coming in. Because I think a lot of the disconnect is I'm just not surprised. You know? I mean, I think some a little mm. surprised by how quickly <laughs> you've, you've pulled all this <laughs> together. But it's kind of like a, well, duh. Duh, I saw this coming. <laughs> you know, it's, that's, yeah, so... I think it's it's still it's this disconnect between my mind, my heart, and my my emotional self, where I'm still letting mm. my mind take over too much. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a a Taurus trait. <laughs> it could be the Aquarius rising too. I get it. I get it. I just like mentioning I'm an Aquarius rising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. What the fuck did I do? Like I <laughs> like I can relate to that like your your story a lot because I never finished high school. I was pregnant. <laughs> I had a child at 16 and was married at 18. There was no room there. I I got kicked out of school cuz I went to a Catholic school and they were like, "Oh my god, you're setting a bad example. Get out." Um <laughs> Yeah, you're setting and... a bad example. Sorry. Right. I was like, teach sex ed. <laughs> you know, I was always told that I would never amount to anything because I never finished school. And I had set out on this journey to prove everyone wrong by, you know, becoming a nurse, becoming a phlebotomist. And I was really good at it. I was a really good phlebotomist. If people don't know what that is, it's to do with blood. <laughs> I'm just resisting the urge to make blood jokes. <laughs> just like let l talk without reference it's, i'd stab people i was really really good at it and i became really high up in that company really quickly at a really young age because of how good i was at it and everyone was like oh we need l to come and do this because we can't do it we need l she's better than us and i would always just be like what do you mean you can't do it <laughs> 
what do you mean? What do you mean this is hard? I don't understand. And it's the same, the same thing. It's like you just you're naturally good at it, so you don't think of it as being anything else. Like it's not anything you have to really try that hard at. And when I think about past life regression and I think about channeling and I think about coaching and everything like that, I mean, I have the same vibe. Like I I'm not stressed. Like I was at the start. I was a hundred percent stressed at the start. Like, oh my God, I hope this works out. But the more I did, I was like, okay. And the more I had you around to be like, no, nah, it's fine. You got it. I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't worry anymore. I'm like, no, it's fine. I'll figure it out. If I haven't experienced this before, we'll work through it together. Like it's fine. But at the same time, I can still acknowledge when something I have done or said or encouraged has pushed someone in the right direction. And it's not because I'm e it's not because I'm egotistical and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so naturally good at this, whatever. But I feel like that was a shot at I me. just <laughs> <laughs> No. It's just we've had I think we've had that similar experience of trying to kind of navigate through being naturally good at something and trying to understand when other people don't or they aren't naturally good at it and it takes work for them. So I can understand what you mean and where you're coming from. But at the same time, this is something that I am constantly telling you about because I'm like, you. I know that you will never understand it on my level because it's not something that, like what you did for me, it's not something that has had to be done for you. So I'm like, okay, he'll never understand it from that level. But at the same time, I'm never going to let him forget it. <laughs> well, thank you. But also, how do you know that no one ever did that for me? That's true. I don't. I'm assuming that that was wrong with me. But yeah. Yeah. Am I right in assuming that though? <laughs> different. Different's the word different. I would use. Okay. My very first session that I had was life-changing. I just handled things differently than you did afterwards. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> but that was the journey that I needed to go on. Mm. You know, it was like, everything makes sense now. Everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. Like, I thought I had it all figured out after that first session. Mm. I didn't. <laughs> I so didn't. I really didn't. And... Yeah, okay, but that's, that's a story for a different day. But you know what? I take it back because that actually does tie into what's coming up for me right now. And I think this is something that will resonate with a lot of people who are listening. Mm -hmm. Ever since I was a kid, I had this feeling like I was here to do something big. Like something really big. Something that was going to change the world for the better. And I think my health issues... Now, were there biological factors there? Yeah, sure. I, of course there were. Well, I believe there were. But I think ultimately what brought my health issues on in my early 20s was still, as we were talking about, this, this push from the outside to be a part of society, you know, to do what society yeah. does and, and just feeling like, I don't fit in here. I can't mold myself to it that much. And, f and then this inner drive inside of pulling me towards, I'm here to do something big. 
I don't know what it is, but I'm here to do something big. But the world is telling me I'm not going to do it. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's the stress that I was under at the time that led to a lot of my health issues. What I'm trying to do, let me back up a little bit. Then that kind of got kicked into real high gear. I felt like kind of angry after my first regression because that's after I started looking online at things too <laughs> and reading things online. And yeah. and look, we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> And I could take us far off the rails right now with talking about, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But that got kicked into overdrive and I had to reel myself back in. It took me two years to begin to reel myself back in. Mm. And then I've spent the last six years reeling myself back in. And I'm doing my best to keep my eye on the here and now. And the problem is when I also hear you saying those I mean wonderful things about me you know things that I'm, I'm truly am touched by them mm. and when I say like I feel like I want to get emotional right now but I can't that's the the micro side of me that wants to get emotional but then there's the macro side of me that's that's looking too big picture the part of me that's still hearing internalizing everything you're saying but the other part's like d that's one person that's one person you're you're not doing what you're here to do and then i fight back well you know what motherfucker one person could be all it takes maybe that's my contribution here is to change one person or help one person and then they're the ones who go on to do their thing and then they fire right back you shut the fuck up d like, you're not that small fries. And I'm like, shut up. Don't, no, 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 no. We did this years ago. We're not going down that path again. You know, you shut up. You, you, we're going to show you other ways to do big things. We're going to, we're going to come through in other channeling sessions. We're going to, we're going to, you know, throw things in your face that other people don't know. And that you, you're not going to be able to turn away from it. I'm like, you shut the fuck up. You leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I'm not this crazy, everyone. But this is sort of, I mean, this is a dramatic version of it or, a dramatized version of that still that like be here that in a future conflict. be exactly it's like but it's so much bigger and it's like when will you just sit down and appreciate the now you know in in the season two finale i talked about you know the moment is now the moment is now the moment is now just because i come to this realization that i'm living in the past and the future at the same time and not being present doesn't mean that i haven't had to struggle with what the fuck does that mean to be present how do i actually do it yeah i'm acknowledging it now but how do i do it i don't know i haven't figured that out yet because i think it would be really nice to feel those wins along the way i think a big part of feeling like you're in the present is having those, those instead of contradict each other, work together. That's French. You're going to need to explain. I mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing about convincing it. Convince. It's like you're conscious, you're subconscious at war, right? Like part of it's like, well, one needs to look at the big picture. One needs to appreciate the now. If they're both working together, you're more in the... But this is something that, you know, obviously you'll have to grow through 
And will it take some time? Yeah, probably. But it's not to say that you won't get there. But I think just to argue with your macro voice right now, it looks at the one person because you're looking at me right now. But if you look at every single person that's listening to this podcast, that's a lot bigger of an audience. That's a lot bigger of a change. There's a lot more people there that you've influenced. So maybe it is on a bigger scale that you're just not taking into consideration at this point in time. Well, I think that's the perfect place to end it. So thank you for that. I, I just <laughs> felt if I said more that it would draw it out. But you, you're right. I mean, that that is something I think about very frequently is that I will never truly know how far my impact goes. And that's mm -hmm. that's something I'm okay with. But you're right that I still need to, I'll say really quickly, when I look at my numbers for the podcast, I'm okay with it. I mean, sure. I'm like, yeah, it, there's the you know the vanity side. It's like, yeah, let's, let's keep going up week by week. But overall, I'm very happy just seeing that even one person is listening. And so I, I hear you and it's that feeling of, okay, I must be doing something that's working. So, you know, so there's the macro one, but anyways, uh, as, as I think is pretty clear right now, you said there's seven parts to this soul map, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we'll, this was the first episode of the soul map series of going through it. Cause I'm sure we'll do the same thing for every other part. It's so, like, keep it to an hour, D. Keep it to an hour. So thank you for coming on and thank you for this this horribly <laughs> vulnerable conversation. And thank, just thank you for being you. I appreciate you, Ellen. Where can everyone reach you? They can find me at, they can find me on Instagram at l.embers. Uh, or there's my website, lembers.com. And your podcast. But yeah, it's pretty much where I hang out. What's your podcast? My podcast. <laughs> My podcast. It is Cosmic Curiosities. Yeah. Which he is going to be, he's already been on one episode in season one, but he will also be making a reappearance in season two. So, yeah. I'm excited for that one. I can't remember what we talked about, but I remember being, <laughs> I remember being more, more on a leash than I, than I was the first time. By the way, I put myself editing. on. Because yeah. every time we do this, it's like so long. <laughs> yeah. Can anyone have a soul map reading or so do they reach out to you for that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you go to my website, it's in the services list and it's purely online. It doesn't take you any time. Like we don't need to have a, a meeting or anything like that. Just send me your details and I do all the work for you and send it back and you can just read it. So it's really simple. Cool. Thank you there, Al <laughs> Ambers. You're very welcome. Thank you. It's always a pleasure being here. Yeah. Second of seven or of eight. Or, well, I'm going to have you lots of time. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to shut up now. Oh my gosh. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a sesh with me, 
So go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com. Hey, time traveler. Are you trying to learn your birth chart and you're struggling through all those confusing layers of signs, houses, planets, degrees, aspects? I have a four-level self-paced course that makes this process so much clearer. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm that witch next door. I'm an instructor and mentor for folks like you that are trying to learn all of this trendy new astrological information for themselves and their own lives. Each level of my course is specifically designed to dive deep into the chart and help make sense of all those different parts and pieces. I developed this course to directly improve all the problems that I personally encountered on my journey to learning my own birth chart so that you don't have to. All of the information is presented in a way that is digestible and set up to promote the most effective retention and set you up for real success. By the end of our last level, you'll be ready to practice interpreting the transits and the aspects for yourself. You can visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology for more information and to order yours today. You can also use code time to learn for a 10% discount off of your bundle today. This is my way of saying thank you so much for being part of the Timeless Spirituality community. I enjoy working with all of you so much that listen to me over on That Witch Podcast. So don't forget, if you're struggling to learn your birth chart, you want to finally make sense of all of this, visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology and use code time to learn for 10% off at checkout. Thank you so much, time traveler. Thank you, Daniel, the past life regressionist. And I'll see you all in class.